When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. With the 31st pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Minnesota Vikings select Jeff Gladney, defensive back, TCU. And welcome into Purple Daily. That, that of course, was the uh, pick Roger Goodell announcing back in April of um, Jeff Gladney, the Vikings quarterback. Joining us now, Lance Zerline, an NFL Network analyst, and you can follow him on Twitter at Lance Zerline. That's Z-I-E-R-L-E-I-N. Uh, Lance, let's start with Gladney, who you are predicting will be a dark horse to be the National Football League Rookie of the Year, which is pretty impressive, stepping in and playing corner in uh, Zimmer's defense. Your thoughts on what Gladney can bring, I would guess from day one, basically having had as little time in training camp and off-season camps as one can possibly have because of the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. It's going to be tough for any uh, for a lot of these rookies. It's going to be very tough for cornerbacks because they're going to take such a big step up. I mean, Gladney from the Big 12, up to the NFL. I mean, that's a that's a huge step. We know, as we all know, Minnesota has some openings uh, for the job. So that's you know, to be a defense player, of the rookie of the year, you got to make plays. To to make plays, you got to have opportunities. And I think Jeff Gladney is going to have opportunities. I think the thing that really separates him in terms of giving him a chance to win defense play, uh, defensive rookie of the year mm-hmm. is that is that he has the ability to uh, he has the instincts and the quick twitch to, to recognize play opportunities and then pounce on play opportunities. And you look at his, his passes defense over the course of his career, TCU, it bears that out. He's a guy who will sit down on certain routes. And, and that's going to – look, he's going to get burned from time to time because he does have a more aggressive mindset. But to win a defensive rookie of the year award, you need, a, you need to stack some stats. And there's a reason that linebackers have been winning it quite a bit. But – you know, cornerbacks can win this award too. And when you have a guy who does have his ability to get the to get his hand on the ball as often as Jeff Gladney did in college, even though the interception numbers you know come up a little bit, um, that, you know that's one of the reasons I kind of like him. I think the opportunity will be there. I think that the the, the skill set is there, and and I really think the mental toughness is there. And that's another big part of it. What is your assessment or prediction to? Uh, for a guy like Gladney and and uh, key players in this draft class who might step in, as far as time that this is going to take as well, j- just to adjust because you know no OTAs, no camps, 
training camp now is going to be as different and shortened as we've probably seen it in, in our lifetimes. And just as far as that step in coming in and facing, you know, uh, top QBs, receivers, uh, go down that path. What's, what's your guess about how long it's going to take even the top players to adjust to the step from the college game to the pro game? Uh, I, I think some of it is going to be based upon, I think it's natural to assume a lot of it's going to be based upon your level of competition in college. If you've seen a certain level of competition across from you, um, that certainly plays into it. Remember, Jeff Gladney has played against Oklahoma. So he's he's seen Baker Mayfield. Uh, he's seen Kyler Murray. He's seen C.D. Lamb. You know, he, he is, he's seen um, Hollywood Brown. He's seen these guys who have speed. He's, he's seen big guys like Denzel Mims, who I thought he was fantastic against last year. Uh, that's another rookie, but still, to, to the point that he, he has seen some NFL-caliber wide receivers and quarterbacks just in Oklahoma alone. Now, um, is that going to get him ready? Uh, maybe not get him ready, but, but it's going to be a matter of how much has he been ready. If Jeff Gladney, like any rookie, and you're, I know your question's about rookies in general, but if those rookies have been working at their craft, if they've been studying playbooks so that they can react rather than think, that's a big part of it. The guys who have to think are the ones who get in trouble. The guys who can react don't get in trouble as often. And most rookies have to think. That's just the way it goes. But once they get to the phase of of reaction, and look, a lot of that comes with just experience. There's no way to shortcut experience. The more time that you put into the offseason on, you know, maybe throwing sessions, one-on-one sessions against wide receivers, if he's been able to do that, or if rookies have been able to do that, their ability to – uh, um, to not only go through the reps, but really get through the playbook so that they're comfortable with with where they are and what their responsibilities are so they can get to the reaction instead of the think. I think that's going to be the key, um, those players who have been able to do that. Certain positions, you know, I think cornerback is a reaction-based position, an instinct-based position. I think a linebacker is to an extent, but there's a lot of things that linebackers have to key on that they didn't have to in the pros. So I think the position differences – Will, will, will be a problem for, for certain positions. It's going to take longer. I think quarterbacks, there's really no way that you can you can look at it any differently. Quarterbacks are going to struggle this year, um, I predict. And there's not a ton of them who should step into starting roles, but they're going to struggle because there's no way that you can simulate an NFL season just on the play, you playbook. you got to get <laughs> yeah. reps in. you got to get reps in. What do you think about, about like, uh Burrow and a kid like that, because I, I think ordinarily, if he had played through or been through OTAs and camps, he would probably start on day one and, and he'd struggle and it might be tough, but they would probably throw throw him in there. Do you think that across the board, it, it would probably be a mistake in 2020 with the way things have gone to have a, a uh, young QB start or drafted QB start? Uh, you know, I don't like to just generalize. I think every position, I think every situation, we could say in a general sense, it's it's every team's preference for a young quarterback to have a redshirt year, learn. I think every team would love to do that. Um, the reality is that certain quarterbacks, if you throw them in too early, it could have a profound impact on their confidence level. And that's something that could have an impact on their overall success down the road. I think we saw David Carr in Houston have some of those issues over time because he wasn't protected properly. It manifested itself into other phases of his game. I think with Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow has the advantage of, A, he's a very cerebral quarterback, 
but B, he really gets the ball out quickly, and he has a level of athletic ability to escape pressure, elude pressure, not just uh, not just with quickness out of the pocket, which is okay for him, right? But the ability to slide around the pocket and and take himself out of harm's way. And so I think Joe Burrow is kind of uniquely positioned from now. Once again, I'm basing this all on 19 because this isn't who I saw in 2018, but based specifically on 2019, I saw the the pocket presence. I saw the ability to get rid of the ball quickly, and I saw an intelligence level where I think that his stepping into a situation with A.J. Green and you've got tight ends, you've got multiple wide receivers, Tyler Boyd as well, and some running backs who can catch the ball in the backfield, I actually think that Joe Burrow is actually in a pretty decent spot offensively to have some early success. Interesting. Uh, Vikings, 15 picks, which I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken, set a record. Uh, Lance, your thoughts on the realistic uh, possibility of how, how many of those picks do you think can help in some way, shape, or form in 2020? Read down. Let, let's go through just why don't you read me the list of – I don't have them right in front of me. Let's just say the top four rounds, and I'll tell you. Of course. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Jefferson Gladney, Ezra Cleveland, who I think is probably going to play either tackle or guard to start the season – Cameron Dantzler. Let's start with those four, or let's go with so, those four. So um, I think Justin Jefferson steps in right away. As you guys also saw, I'm sure Justin Jefferson, I think, was seventh on my list for rookie of the year, uh, potentially on the offensive side of the ball. I'm not going to say – you know, what's going to be interesting is you got B.C. Johnson. How, where do, If B.C. is going to line up in the slot, Justin Jefferson was better in the slot as a sophomore or last year, I should say, right. than on the outside. And I think he's more comfortable on the slot. So I think that is the inter- interesting one to me is, are you going to put him somewhere where he's comfortable or where it makes the most sense with a guy you already have in there in BC? But I think Justin Jefferson, there's no reason he doesn't, with his with his um, ball skills and his confidence level, I think he steps right into a prominent role. I think Cam Dantzler, people sleep on Cam Dantzler, and I took some heat for Cam Dantzler, but I know what I saw on tape. And and to me, with Jeff Gladney and Cam Dantzler, to me, Mm -hmm. you have the makings of what the Vikings, you know, were trying to build with with Xavier and with with Trey, is you hoped that you had two corners that you could really rely on for the long term, and Minnesota did for some time. I think this is going to be the next cast of characters who are going to come in and make a difference. Cam Dantzler needs to get bigger. But he's another guy with tremendous confidence of ball skills. I mean, those are two of the more, you know, Cam Dancer is not as tough in run support as Jeff Gladney is, but I really loved what I saw from Cam Dancer against Jamar Chase, who is like the top wide receiver in college football right now at LSU. And then what he did against Alabama, he gave up three catches over those two games against Alabama and LSU. That's unbelievable to me. And the way he handled himself, I was very pleased with. All three of those guys, to me, I think could become factors um, early on. Ezra Cleveland, I'm kind of pumping the brakes a little bit. I think Ezra's got to get stronger. Last year he had a toe issue that really short, short-cutted, it really short-circuited his entire season. He wasn't able to practice for most of the year. Mm-hmm. So I think Ezra still needs to get bigger, needs to get stronger, and stepping up against the grown man strength of the NFL versus where he played, I think that might be a little uh, – might be a little steeper climb than maybe some are ready for. So I think he may be a year away. Do you think the right move there um, with him too is to is to plug him in at tackle there behind Reef and allow him to 
develop it? Because there's been talk about possibly shifting him inside to left guard and then Reef plays uh, tackle. But from what you're saying, it sounds like the smart play might be to just develop him solely at tackle and hope that he can replace Reef in 2021. I think this is so. I actually, because it's Gary Kubiak specifically, Gary understands the athleticism of an Ezra Cleveland. And just because it's specifically this brand of outside zone, you know, rushing attack, Cleveland, most teams I wouldn't plug him in at guard. I think with a Gary Kubiak offense, when you're asking a guy to be a move guard, I think he can fit in with Gary Kubiak's offense. The problem's going to be, I think, straight ahead, being able to play with power. And, and But this happens with a lot of zone scheme guards. But being able to play with power is going to be an issue when he gets up against certain physical physical players. Mm-hmm. But because it's outside zone scheme, you're, you're on the move so much that that kind of takes away that you know phone booth battle that he would probably lose against NFL power. I think the real advantage he also has is because he has offensive tackle experience, that's a big advantage for him, pass protection at guard. We saw that in Houston with Max Sharping from Northern Illinois, who I thought had some similar – characteristics to Ezra Cleveland the, the Texans moved him in from left tackle uh into the guard position and he's a starting guard now Cleveland has a chance to do that with with Minnesota but I think long term you know the value is always going to be tackle if you can get them out to tackle absolutely Jeremy Tunsil was a tackle yep. who went to guard because he needed to but tackles where the value is however because it's Gary Kubiak's zone scheme I truly believe that he can play at guard for now, but I don't think that's his long-term position. Beyond QB, what do you think are, are the positions where uh, coaching staffs and fans, I, I guess as well, are going to have to be the most patient here because of the lack of time to prepare? What positions do you think are you're literally going to have to say if you know we had had May, June, July, etc. to work, it would be fine, but now at least expectation-wise, for 2020, we probably have to dial things back, to be fair, to the kid. And especially, my point is, not potentially, you know, wipe out his confidence in year one, which could be a problem. Well, so I have two answers for that. I would say cornerback. We talked a little bit about that. I think cornerback is one area um, that you could look at that. But the other one's really going to be a position group, and that's offensive line, because offensive line is all about continuity. It's all about reps. Reps, 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 reps. And so teams who don't have the same starting five in there, teams who have have two or more new starters, I think that's where you're going to have to really have some patience. I don't care who those starters are. Understanding and knowing not only the offense, but the guy next to you, what his tendencies are, what his strengths are, what his weaknesses are, that's a big part of the offensive line. And then working as a unit. For certain teams, that's a really big deal based upon scheme. So I think offensive line, that – inability to have the OTAs, that inability uh, to get the work in next to each other and with each other as a group and a unit. That's something that that is, is there's no way that you can simulate that. You've just got to be out there getting it in. And because they didn't, I think offensive lines, especially ones, like I said, with two or more starters, that's going to be the big problem. And obviously rookie starters, that, that's, that's then a twofold issue integrating a rookie in and right. the rookie's own issues trying to become an NFL player. And coaches, you know, traditionally probably aren't patient as possible, but here I think it's definitely going to change. Uh, last thing, your thoughts on the 2020 Vikings, just as far as your expectations with, you know, the, the roster obviously 
having some significant changes, especially on defense, as we talked about at cornerback. What do you think about this team going into 2020 right now if we play a normal season? Yeah, so I always look at first, you first start off with what you're doing in the division. So you look at the division opponents, you've got some wide receivers and a quarterback who can make some noise over in Detroit, even though they haven't, you know, really been a factor in the division. And that is that directly lines up with with your perceived weakness, which is going to be the the cornerback position mm-hmm. and the ability to cover over, you know, over the long haul, over the course of the game. Uh, the Green Bay Packers don't really have the weapons that we know they got Aaron Rodgers and Aaron can 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 make chicken salad with chicken. But the problem is there's a lot of issues there with, you know, with uh, between he and the organization, you just drafted his, his future replacement. And then you didn't give him a premier wide receiver in the first two rounds. And that was something that was a big weakness. So I'm really curious to see how that team unfolds and what the chemistry is like between head coach and, and quarterback. So, you know, from that standpoint, I, I wouldn't be quite as worried as usual, except for the fact it's, it's Aaron Rodgers. Sure. And then lastly, uh, the Bears. I actually think the Bears, to me, the Bears are kind of a dark horse dangerous team this year in the NFC in general. I like what they have on defense, and I like their ability to challenge what Minnesota does offensively. But we both know that Thielen getting back to 100%, we didn't see 100% Thielen at all last year. So when Adam Thielen gets back to where he is, that's the very special connection that he has with the quarterback, and then you know you've got a rock solid tight end. You've got a, a running back who is the best outside zone running back in the league. You've got depth at the position. You got an offensive line that does have some continuity, and then maybe most importantly, you're adding a wide receiver to help take over um, for a departed Stephon Diggs, you know, who wasn't always happy. I mean, wasn't always a happy guy in the locker room. And I think there, there's something to be said about you know just just. Uh, a quarterback being comfortable with getting the ball to his wide receivers without some type of reprisal through social media. And I do want to mention also BC Johnson. I was a big fan of his coming out of Colorado state. I've really been happy with the way he's developed. I think this is a great offense for him but with the Vikings. I think they're a play. Once again, you're looking at probably in my estimation, wild card type of team, but that's all going to depend on how quickly the new DBs, um, uh, you know, how, how early they integrate into the team and then what type of pressure Minnesota can generate up front. Cause that's going to be a huge part of it. Do you pay cook? What's that? I, I said, w- would you pay Dalvin cook? Yeah. Um, so, so I talked to our running back coach in the off season and his, and here's what he said. I would pay running backs after three years, get them their longer, t- make them happy, get them their longer term deals. And then they play for four more years and then you're out by the fifth year of the deal. And then you've had what amounts to seven years of a running back, which is their prime, and you're good to go. With first-round running backs, it gets pushed back even further, and then that second contract is a real killer. What what Cook is asking for, look, I don't believe – and remember now, I studied running game under the Gary Kubiak regime and Alex Gibbs and all this here in Houston. So I'm very well aware of outside zone scheme stuff. My dad's a you know former NFL line coach. I think special running backs are special running backs. I think Dalvin Cook is an excellent running back. Here's my problems with paying Dalvin Cook. Injury history dating all the way back to college. There's just no way around it. He's not staying on the field full 16. That's just not something that we're used to seeing dating back to his last couple seasons in college, multiple surgeries. And then on top of that, this is an offense, frankly, where a great running back can be an elite running back, but a good running back can be a very good running back because of the scheme if it's, you know, if it's run properly and you've got a quarterback who does his job in terms of the play-action game and, and throwing with accuracy. And 
I've seen him before with Arian Foster here. He was great with Gary Kubiak as an undrafted free agent. Then he got his big paycheck and an injury set in. Yep. He is a guy who had injury history back to college as well. So I think, you know, from a from an analytics standpoint and from a value standpoint, when you look at the history of the league, it's probably not smart to pay Dalvin Cook as much as he wants. Um, from a keeping the window open for the Minnesota Vikings with Kirk Cousins and what's in place here, if you feel like you still have enough defensively, you know, maybe you consider something like that with a shorter-term deal. Lance, th- thanks much. Great stuff. Much thanks, appreciated. Lance. Yeah. Okay, take care. Appreciate it. Thanks, All right. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays, and Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.